0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth bringing you quality hunting clothing and packs at a price you deserve. Check them out at huntworthgear.com. So this week's podcast with Cody Rich is uh, based on questions from the Patreon group. So um, they wanted to hear about a podcast, uh, kind of about hitting your goals, so setting your goals and uh, how you can achieve them, like. Uh, Methodically um, and having that mindset, and then having that applied to hunting. And um, so, Cody Rich hosts the Rich Outdoors podcast, and he is like a serial entrepreneur, uh, sees something, makes a plan, goes and gets it, rinse and repeat. And whether that's, you know, he's elk hunting, caribou hunting, bear hunting, or the occasional whitetail hunt. Um, so I figured that this was the, a great, uh, podcast to, um, kind of hit all of those things. So, um, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. It's a little bit different than, uh, the normal podcast, but, um, whether it's planning for an out of state hunt, whether it's, you know, trying to take a dive into, you know, something like starting a podcast or, uh, YouTube or starting to do some of that stuff. Um, kind of lay down uh, kind of the groundwork for uh, how to do some of that stuff. And, you know, when I say that it's from our patrons, uh, you know, we got a Marco Polo group, we're doing a Patreon hunt, and uh, those are supporters of the show um, that have create created like a, uh, a, a family. You know, it's not just, um, you know, supporting the show, appreciating what we do, uh, but we're doing everything that we can to give back, to them. Um, and that includes, uh, doing our quarterly giveaways. Um, so Huntworth, as we talked about in the open, uh, they're giving away their Holton jacket and pants and a muff and a hat, and this is the stuff that kind of got me turned on to Huntworth. Like before we were sponsored, uh, this is the stuff that I got that I used last year. Uh, the exact same pieces in the disruption camo, which is like that digital camo that you see from Huntworth. Um, and these are windproof and fleece line. And these are uh, kind of their medium weight, but they're incredibly warm. Um, just great pieces of gear i mean i couldn't recommend these enough if you were going to say like what are some of my favorite pieces from huntworth um you know obviously these are going to be for colder weather but yes these are would have been hand-picked for me so i was really happy when that's what they decided to to give away this quarter um you know we're giving away Uh, from uh, Lucky Buck, either some of their seed or their mineral. I'm still getting pictures, bucks, does, fawns, uh, everything on our Lucky Buck up in the UP. And Spartan Forge, Spartan Forge, you know, working with them, their imagery is crazy. It just keeps getting updated in that uh, Lambda feature. But like I say, as we're getting into now looking at the season, looking ahead, um, the artificial intelligence from Spartan Forge is basically a deer prediction software that takes all of these factors, military-grade technology, and telling you what areas the deer would be in, where they're looking to, where you should be hunting, uh, days that you should be in the woods, days that you might just want to scout or uh, earn those brownie points for uh, family time. Predominant wins, all of that—it's uh, crazy. You can check them out at spartanforge.ai, and they're giving away a year Subscription, and then if you check them out at SpartanForge.ai, you can use code Bowhunter to save twenty five percent. Well worth it. Uh, incredible stuff. Uh, Zinger Fletchings—they always give away uh, a set of fletchings. They're newest generation. Um, I didn't. They sent me some, and I didn't even realize they weren't out yet. Um, I really, really like the. I believe they're the 3.0 So uh, be looking for those. But they give away those. Um, every quarter uh, and we really do uh, thank them for that and then um, if you're looking to where can I sign up you know what can you do uh, patreon.com forward slash Bullhorn chronicles podcast or uh, just click the link in the bio uh, click the link in instagram and it's like 17 cents a day 33 cents a day to help the show if we're giving you value um, we give a ton more value past that but Check it out at patreon.com forward slash Born Chronicles podcast. And if that's not what you're into, no big deal. Just tell somebody about the podcast. Um, you know, let them know, say, hey, you know, you're thinking about starting something. Uh, check out this this goals podcast. You know, you you want to go out west, like you want to break down the costs, like hey, check out this podcast. I think we can do that. We can do that this year. Um, definitely tell a friend, and as always, thanks for listening.
2: Recording in progress.
1: All right, everybody, I'm back with another episode of the Boat Hunter Chronicles podcast. And, you know, surprisingly, you know, I polled our Patreon group, you know, we want to have a conversation about goal setting and execution. Um, And I'm like, I've got just the guy, you know, a guy that, that, you know, (laughs) just talking here a little bit before here, he's like, I don't know that I'm the goal guy, but I think it's goals and execution. So I've got uh, Cody Rich, Rich Outdoors podcast. Among 150 other ideas and things in the works, um, you know, serial entrepreneur, a guy that values the hunting outdoor lifestyle, but he also values uh, freedom and execution
2: and and all of that. Um, How are you doing today, Cody? Ah pretty good man. Good. I'm uh, I'm doing well. Getting s- I'm stoked for hunting season this year kind of uh, like it's uh what mid July and this is about the time where I start like okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> ready to start scouting, ready to start, you know, looking for big bulls, looking for for hunts, looking forward to hunts and things like that. So, yeah, dig good, man.
1: Yeah, so we talked a little bit about uh before like a an idea of like a east versus west perspective. So you're you know your hunting is mainly what
2: uh i mean uh, i joke that i'm just an elk hunter uh, but at the same time i don't know i spend a lot of time out west i live in montana Um, i grew up in oregon actually and i hunted kind of all over the west When when you grow up in oregon you can only get so many tags and so uh I, you know, ironically for all you whitetail guys, like I grew up blacktail hunting was like my core thing. And, uh, so I still appreciate whitetail hunting because for what it is, uh, like to get real in the weeds is like, there's, there's a couple different types of blacktail, but like we call them Valley blacktail versus mountain blacktail. And I hunted both, you know, we had a farm, uh, in, in the Valley and, uh, actually a grass seed farm and whatnot. So we had a lot of bucks running around. In the valley. And I always consider those more white tail, like a tree stand hunted, uh, for 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 black tails. Like I'm a huge believer in like drag scents and stuff that nobody's using back in the day. So I took a lot of whitetail tactics and brought them to to black tails. Uh, but like my core passion has always been elk uh and kind of adventure hunting and whatnot. so that kind of drove me out to Montana. And um, so I didn't even hunt mule deer. I mean, cause I was in like my mid-20s. Uh, but now you know, mule deer sheep when I can, uh, elk, you know, whatever I can hunt, still, still hunt whitetails as well. So, uh, a little bit of everything, but I guess, I guess people call it Western hunting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I just call it hunting.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's kind of like, I've talked on
1: another podcast here is like, when I grew up hunting until I got into the podcast space or started looking at like, you know, quote unquote, the bigger classes of deer, bigger classes of animal, like it was just hunting. It wasn't like, it wasn't like we're doing it on public, like, or, you know, around here at state land. It's like, yeah. it was like you just hunted where you hunted and like I hunt this yeah. piece of state land. Like, Oh, you do. I hunt this piece of state land. Like, Oh, okay.
2: You know, it wasn't, li- it wasn't like that. Um, no, for sure. And it's funny, like the public, I mean, I feel like the public private thing I didn't even know about until I got like air quotes in the industry or whatever. Is it was like, yeah, just hunted, you know, if I could get permission, great. But if I couldn't, I was like, you know, wherever, Wherever I could find stuff, it didn't really matter. Like you know, just kind of uh, hunt forest service land, hunt public land, hunt. You know, if I could get permission, yeah. Like I was never like, I don't know. It's weird to me that people hang their identity on like public land hunter or private land hunter. It's like it's like no, nah, I just I'm um, I hunt. <laughs> like I don't know, like wherever I have to, wherever I can, like what whatever I can get to. <laughs> so from like a a,
1: a goal setting perspective, like how do you think? And again, like why I think that you're like a great person for this topic is like, I think goals in hunting kind of parallels like goals in life. Right. So I, I read something this morning that was like about parenting and it said like the, the foods you have in your pantry have a bigger impact on your child's future than you realize, you know, and it's kind of like how are you living your life? And if you don't live your life with goals or like you don't choose to like actually take action to make something happen, then life kind of just passes you by. Right. And I think, you know, you have a lot of big ideas and a lot of things and you are a person who executes things. And so from a hunting perspective, like, where do people go wrong with goals or, or lack thereof, do you suppose?
2: Yeah. That's, I mean, it's a really good question. Um, so back to your, like the pantry, um, theory or whatever. Um, it's like, it's, it's more about lifestyle and who you, who you are. Right. And there's a great case study within uh, like smokers. And when people try to quit smoking, you know, if, if someone's, if, if you offered someone who recently quit and they say, I forget, I'm going to butcher the statistics, but you'll get the point. Uh, If you offer them like a smoke or a a dip or whatever, they'd say like, Oh, I just quit or I quit. You know, I quit. Uh, Versus the person who replies to like, say you're trying to quit chewing and you said, <clears throat> no, I don't, I'm not a chewer. Like I, I don't dip anymore. Or like, you know, there's a difference, I guess. I don't dip anymore is like, it's still a part of your identity and saying like, no, I don't dip is like, that's a new identity. You reshape the identity. And so I think it's in the same, in the same vein, you could say like a lot of goals. And I, I watch, I think goals for like, say hunting goals or life goals tend to map each other fairly well. And I do think there's a lot of crossover between entrepreneurship and hunting. Like to me, like they were just always one and the same. It was just like, I wanted to do all these things how could I do that? You know, it was like, what, even when I was considering doing like job or whatever, it was like, what job is going to give me ability to have this lifestyle. So I look at it as like lifestyle first. And I was super fortunate in getting a few mentors when I was young that kind of did really cool shit. And from that, it was like, yeah, I want to do cool shit. And so like, when you start to map it like that, I think you stop putting it on a pedestal and you start just like, okay, what it? how do I execute? How do I get it done? And this goes through a lot of people grow up with this mindset that oh, like basic retirement, right? you like, okay, someday I'm going to work a bunch of years and then eventually I'll retire or eventually I'll have this nice thing. And they, they tend to map that to say hunting. I don't care where your hobby is, but let's say hunting, right? You map that to your hunting. And you say like, well, someday I, I, it drives me nuts when people, you know, I'll post something about Alaska and they're like, yeah, someday that's my dream hunt. And it was like, that's interesting that you put it on a pedestal. And I think that is a direct correlation from just being, I don't want to say brainwashed, but brainwashed into a society where you're supposed to work a certain number of years before you can like let off the gas which was fine in an era of like manufacturing and, you know, all through the like, let's say 20s through the even 80s of like, yeah, you're supposed to get a job, uh, you know, benefit society. And then you, then you can have, then you can relax, you know, in your, in your, your golden years, which is so interesting to me. And I just kind of flipped that entire model on its head. And I was like, okay, what's the lifestyle I want? Like, this is like getting really big picture, but it's like, what's the lifestyle I want and how do I get there? And so from that perspective, like I also, it it kind of aligns with all my hunts. Like, what are all these things I want to go do? And then how do I get them done and not like put them on a pedestal? And I, I say this a lot with elk hunting, you know, people always, I'll talk to people like, yes, yeah, someday I want to go on elk hunt. Like why someday? I don't understand that, that concept. Like, Okay, what if I told you you had to go next year? How would you execute it? And so I think when you think about goals, instead of putting on a pestle, like how do we execute if we had to? And you, you've probably, you knew, I know you've heard me talk about this in the lab about entrepreneurship, but it's like okay, if you had to leave your job, right? Like how are we going to execute? Like hypotheticals, right? And I mean, it was not that long ago you and I were talking about hypotheticals, like okay, if you if you had to leave what's that look like? How could you get it done? Like, you know, your job ended, could you make enough to make it work? And then how do you thrive? So how do we survive? And then how do we thrive? And so, you know, like, this is a very rounded picture of it, but I want to say the same thing to, to hunting. It's like, okay, if I said your dream goal is an hunt, right. And I told you you had to get it done within, you know, let's say two years, let's be, you know, like whatever, let's say two years. I think that's 100% achievable for anyone in the world. Um, and say like, okay, how are we going to get it done? And so you say like, well, if I had to, okay, gun to the head, I got to get it done in 24 months. Uh, like I'm going to say Idaho, like it seems easy. Like, okay. And then then work backwards. Like what's the cost, right? Look, like, okay. I don't know. What's it cost? like three grand to go to Idaho, depending on where you're from and whatnot. Um, and then you, maybe you map it out for Colorado. It's like, it's just a matter of like taking it from a someday to a, I have to get this done. Like it is a, a deadline, and it, you know that's a, there's a I don't know what law it is. There's a law that says like the the you will fill the time allotted to achieve a goal, right? So go back to our when we were kids, and like they gave you homework, and it's got to be due at the end of the semester, and you waited till the last week to get it done, right? Because like you you gave it the allotted time. And so in the same vein of like, if you take some of your goals and your dreams and you just put them on a someday pedestal, you'll never get them done. So we need to give actionable timelines to them. So we need to work backwards. Uh, I mean, you're familiar. We produce this map check thing. And I think you could take the map check and say, uh, you could apply it to, I don't know, a dream hunt, or you could apply it to your dream life, to all these things. But th- the concept is to, like, how do we start at the end? Okay. Let's say like, let's get to success mountain. And if success mountain, I don't care if it's, you know, 160 inch buck or it's, uh, your first elk hunt on horseback, or it's a doll sheep hunt, like all these, like those are miniature success mountains. Right. So if I was to told you, if I were to tell you to like, how are you going to get to this point on a map? You know, what would you do? Like just out of curiosity for you. So what point is that? Like I had to kill a hundred and sixty inch buck. No, no, like legit map. Like we're talking hunting right now. I'm like, here's a here's a cabin on a map. How do you get there? Like, well, I'm gonna work backwards, right? You're gonna like, okay, what's the closest I can get a vehicle, and then from there, I'm like, look at the map, and I'm gonna say like, oh, I gotta go, you know, down this canyon, up follow this this trail up this river. And it's pretty simple, right? Like that's how, how we get around in the world. I mean, I guess it's, I shouldn't say it's simple, but it's like. That's how you use a map, right? You're like, okay, how do I get from point A to point B? So in the same vein, I would say like, uh, I don't know, pick horseback elk hunt. You're like, okay, how do I get it done? What's the what's the timeline first of all? When do I want to have it done by? And then I'm gonna work backwards. Like, okay, what's you know what's the biggest hurdle? Well, at first, let's say it's um, it's it's probably cost. So like, how do we work to like that funding, right? And maybe that dictates a little bit on on timeline, right? So maybe it's I don't know six grand or whatever it is. Uh, maybe it's eight grand. I don't care. Whatever it is, is like eight grand. I have twenty four months to make that, but you know, make that much money. But I need X amount to put a down down deposit. So yeah, and then like you just work through these baby steps. And like this seems so cliche, but anytime you take a big idea and you break it into smaller chunks, it seems attainable, right? And I I would say the same thing for you. You know, say you're Idaho elk. You're like it's a really big thing like, oh man, all this, right? But when you break it down into small chunks and you start to execute, the pieces seem to like make sense and fall into place. I'm not saying there's not an overwhelming fear at some given time, but like at the end of the day, like if you break it into small enough chunks, you can handle it, right? I mean, is that is that kind of that map to what you think? Yeah. And but one of the things that I struggle with, and I think guys like
1: um when you talked about the um uh, like you're brainwashing to saying like, I'm going to do this for so many years and then I'm going to retire and it, it doesn't always work out like the way that you plan. So like you want to take action now so that you can, you know, still do that elk hunter or you can do those things like when you're still right. able to do it. But I think like today's brainwashing and when we talk about like hunting, I think like social media and the industry has people brainwashed into saying like, everybody's killing a 300 inch bull or everybody's killing a 140 inch buck. And so we've got guys that, that think that, you know, that's what they should be doing like right out of the gate. And so right. if, if if you say, well, I create my map challenge, right. But I, I guess I lack the skills or the mentorship or the, um, a uh, foundation to be able to do that, and I think that ultimately, like in your scenario, the hunt, like the experience, is the success. Where I think in, in like a lot of guys' mind, like the kill is what puts them on the map. That's ultimately what it is, and in those types of scenarios we have to remember that the animal gets a say too.
2: So it's like, okay. you know, well, you know, I mean, I kind of see you're going, um, everyone has their own angle. So like, and I'm not here to judge if you, you know, your goal is a 200 inch mule deer, or a, you know, 180 inch whitetail, like that's fine, but like, it's a process and just assume that like, you know, you're going to learn some things along the way. And if your goal is 180 inch whitetail, tail you can map that backwards. Right. I think people underestimate the skill it takes and like the, how long it takes to get a skill to say, like, you know, I can go out and say like, okay, I'm only going to kill a 350 bull this year. And I might, I'm not, I'm probably going to come up short. Right. But at the end of the day, like that's 20 some years of working on this skill. Right. And that's kind of similar to someone say like, I'm going to kill a hundred white whitetail. Like, yeah, it took you 20 years to get it done. But like, I still am going to go hunting. I still like, I enjoy the process. Right. And you have to enjoy the process. And I think that's, it can never be understated to say like, you have to enjoy the journey. I don't care what you do. You have to enjoy the journey and you have to want to go at that thing for that reason. You're 100% right. That the world likes to map the, you know, like you need to have the 180 inch white tail or the 350 inch bull or the, even the 300 inch bull to be successful. Right. But like, you know, that's a good, okay. What is my journey? What's my path? What What's success look like for me? And, and looking at it from the lifestyle perspective of saying like, what do I want? What lifestyle do I want? Like what journey do I want to go down? And it's, it's the same as like when we first started talking about, you know, the pantry, like that has a lot to do with how your kids see diet, because that's what, that's their journey. That's our life. You know, they're just normal to them. Right. And to say the same, uh, I don't know, you could take anything, but it's like, I looked at it. It was like, okay, I, I love hunting. I love going on new adventures and these things. It was never like I needed to do this to, I don't know, for whatever reason, vanity metric, vanity metrics didn't even have, weren't existent. Like it was before social media. So, so like, uh, if you want to go down this path, go down that path, but choose paths that you can do long-term, right? Like play, play long-term games. And so like, when I think about goals, that's kind of how I think about them um and just like okay what do, what do you want to do and whatnot and then like the number becomes a bolt-on later you know like i didn't start out saying like oh, i want to kill a 350 inch bull i did say i remember being like in my 20s and being like man i just want to hunt 350 inch bulls because like i was like the end all be all and i didn't care if i ever put like <laughs> this is before social so it's like i didn't care if i ever posted them i just knew that giants existed and i got real excited when I saw him. So like going after him was like, that's the thing. I just like wanted to be in a place where I could, right? Like that was like the end all be all. And so like the goal was never, okay, I want to kill him and, and, you know, some recognition for it. It was like, I just want to be chasing them. I want to be finding them. Right. And so if you adjust your goal a touch, like if you take that and twist your goal and say like, instead of getting to X, I want to, I want to go down this path of, you know, X, Y, Z. And so take entrepreneurship, for example, like a lot of people, I talk to a lot of 20 year olds and they're like, oh, I just want to make a million dollars. want to make, be a millionaire. Right. And it's like, that's the wrong goal. Right. Like if you want to go down the path of building businesses and doing these things, you'll get there. But if you set out the number, it, I mean, there's, you could probably get there, but it's a very sure way to me to look at a 20 year old and say, man, I just want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. I was like, that's the surest way not to like, I promise you because you're going after something very specific and you're not going after the process. So when I think about goals, I'm like, how do I set the process? And it's no different than saying like, Oh, I want to kill a, a 350 inch bull by the time I'm 25 or 30 or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, there's plenty of people who've done it. But if you set out to say like, I want to I wanna get be the best at chasing elk or finding elk or. i want to, I just wanna be in the zone of that that thing, right? I wanna play the game. If you set the goals, I wanna play the game and I want to be the best at the game, then that's a totally different, right? And that helps you set that goal. And so for me, it's kind of how they they very much overlap between like hunting goals and and say business goals. And to me, they just they kind of go hand in hand. So I think
1: you know we talk about that a lot on here as as saying like not so articulately but we say you got to get a few under your belt you know and like one of the things i had sent you of like a a mindset expectation thing is like people have like in in a hunting realm and this is i think the the 350 inch bull the the boon and crockett buck like the you know whatever is they have lemonade stand experience and want amazon results right so it is like what you're talking about in the the process you you have to have all of those failures those experiences those small bucks those encounters with bulls those you have to have all of that to build like your like pathway like who you are like you 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 know <laughs> the most cliche, uh, hunting uh, idiom or whatever is like just another tool in toolbox. Like you got to have like a big old (laughs) toolbox and you carry around this. But in reality, and that's usually talked about like with gear, but you know, you need to have that set of experiences in like. You can only like learn from your failures, um, you know, all of the successes. And I was thinking about that when you were talking about like killing a 350 inch bull, I think like, even when you talk about it in whitetail terms as you know, most of our listeners are are whitetail guys, but like a lot of guys pass up deer that they never should because they have this goal in their head of like what they think that they want or what would make them successful. And then if you were to say like, I'm going to do that by the time I'm 25 or the time I'm 35 or, or whatever, and then you get to 31, 32, and you look back at all the deer that you should have killed or all the animals that you should have harvested and those experiences that you basically robbed yourself of. And now you start to feel this pressure. So then you get to pressing and then it changes the whole Experience and kind of, you know, you can get burned out real easy just by, you know, putting so much pressure on yourself for something that literally doesn't matter to anybody
2: except for, you know, you in your own eyes, you know, you know, it's, you know, one of the funny things is like, when it comes to success, I talk about this a lot of getting at bats. And this could be in business, it could be in hunting, it could be whatever. And there's a fine line between getting at bats and number of days in, you know, experience, right? And so people will always say like, uh, you know, should I shoot the first thing or should I, you know, harvest the first animal, whatever you want to call it. And I kind of go back and forth on this because I do, you need at bats, you need success. You need to know what it's like to be in the red zone and, you know, call an audible, right? Like you need that experience, but also you need a number of days in the field. Like I have, I have learned more from passing on animals than I ever have shooting animals, but I still need to have that experience of knowing what to do in the kill zone. I think so many people, they don't have enough experience in what I call the red zone. Like, like you're under, like you're in bow range and it's happening. And like, you got to make some audibles. You got to make it happen. Right. And it's like people who have killers kill, right? Like when you've been in that situation a lot, you know how to get it done. You know how to operate and you need that too. And so like, there's a fine balance between getting at bats and, and having that experience of in the red zone. Right. And so like, do I think you should go shoot the first animal that walks by? Probably not. Like, but do you need experience killing stuff? Like don't prioritize how big the animal is. Prioritize two things. Prioritize getting days in the field, getting experience, getting at bats, right? Like being in that situation and then prioritize, like you still need those skills of being able to, to make it happen, right. To, to, you know, put stuff on the ground. Like you need those, those at bats too, which are, you know, like, yeah, maybe you, maybe you shoot a, you know, uh, I don't know, like it doesn't, the number doesn't matter, but like a, you know, a three or four year old deer, right. Like comes down to the end of season and like, that's so like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. Like, whatever. Like, if you want to be good at this, like, then, then you need that experience. You need to be able to put the pen to paper, so to speak, right? Like you need to be able to put an arrow and stuff. And, and maybe that's different for tree stand hunting for white tails and whatnot, Um, but I do think that, you know, there's a fine line. Like I can speak to elk hunting because I know it super well. But like on 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 one hand, you know, if you shoot the first elk that's available, like you you're missing out a lot of days of learned experience. But you're also picking up a lot of nuance that you'll never ever get of like actually what it's like to go through that. And I think if you want to be, you know, great at this game, you know, you have to you have to be able to operate under pressure. And if you don't have experience operating under pressure, you never will. Like, like, like hypothetically I could go into a situation and a screaming bowl comes in my face. Like, I just, I've been there enough times that it's like, it doesn't bug me so much. Or I don't get buck fever. I don't get all worked up. Right. Like I'm just like, it's game on. I get into, you know, like there's, um, going back to like, I don't know, playing sports as a kid or whatever. And you like get that, you know, it's, home game and you're walking out there and it's like your senior year you're like you know you've been here before you're like you're excited right you're like i'm here like this is what we this is what we came to do versus like the first time you ever played in a big field or something you're like oh, you're nervous right and the same thing happens i would say in hunting it's like first time, you know, a big buck comes in or whatever, you're super nervous. You're like trying to remember all the pieces. And you're like, Oh, did I look through my peep? Did I level did I like all these things? Like they kind of just overwhelm you. And you need to be in that situation enough times to be able to operate in that, in that space, right. In that headspace of chaos. And you can shoot at the range. You can run all you want. You can do all those things, but until your trying to remember all those things in the heat of battle, right? Like, so to speak, it's like, you just won't. And so you need to be in that. And one of the things is like, if you were just sitting in a tree stand watching deer go by young deer, like, I don't think it gets you the same hype, right? You never, you're not under the exact same pressure. We're like being like, okay, I'm actually going to kill this deer. I need to make it happen. And like going through those emotions. So like, that's where, you know, putting, you know, killing animals or like getting a lot of harvest, right? Like get, getting shit done is going to make you better in that situation. Cause you can sit there and, and glass deer all day long and be like, Oh, I passed, I passed, I passed, but you're never going to go through that emotional chaos of like trying to actually kill stuff. And I think you really need that at that too. So like you need both. And that's why I really struggle. There's no perfect answer, man. Like you need a lot of experience, but you also need experience killing shit because that's what's going to make make you successful when the opportunity comes. And I see this, like you know, people are like, oh, someday I'm gonna go all cunning. And I'm like, man, you could save all the points in the world and have the best tag, but like if you've never been in that situation, you are just not fully equipped for what's about to happen, right? Like you don't have the at bats and the experience, and I was like.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select
0: devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: I'd rather have five mediocre garbage tags and get that experience. Before I ever stepped onto that playing field of, you know, know, the big show being in the Super Bowl and not having those at bats, like you need those at bats, you need the experience before you go get that 15 year tag or that, you know, whatever, big, big time hunt that's, that's so much pressure on it. Well, I think like, to
1: that point, like some of those experiences outside of the, the hunt uh, aspect of it, but like the after, right? So uh, I've been out uh, elk hunting three times, like two, the first two times we went out, um, DIY figured out, got to see some elk, you know, learned a, a, a ton. And then the third time I went out with my dad and some of his buddies to, uh, spike camp for first rifle, you know, and we got dropped off and a outfitter tent and the whole works. And uh, two of the guys killed opening morning. And so it was, we go out there and now we got to quarter them up. And like, you know, these guys, some of them had been out there before, but the guides took care of everything. And so now you've got these two giant animals that you have to quarter up and none of us have ever done it before. And for me, that experience was you know, worth the price of admission right there for what you said, because on those first two hunts where it was just me and my buddy and you know, where we got into elk and where I could have taken a shot at an elk was like seven miles from our vehicle. And so it would have been the two of us, neither of us having done this before, then trying to traverse that, that experience all in the moment for at that time, it was, that was first, uh, archery so it was like 90 degrees so there's so much you know that 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 experience of just breaking down that animal and working through that and seeing like how awkward it is like you shoot this horse you know and now you know you're used (laughs) to whitetails where you know what i'm saying like there's things that there's other things than just the that experience of The hunt, the buck fever, like all of that, like when, and I think like a lot of guys in, I've talked about this from a perspective of like kind of doing the hunting that we do now where, you know, you're going, it, it probably seems trivial to you, but like in a Michigan swamp, like we're going a mile deep in there and it's usually by yourself because, you know, there's not a lot of people that want to go through what you know we put ourselves through to to do that and so you make a lot of decisions on like if i shoot this deer back here now here i am by myself like i gotta get it out of here if i make a bad hit i gotta go trouncing around again you know however far this deer goes and then i still have to get back you know through this swamp through all of these things and like those experiences are something that just as equally as like finding the animal, killing the animal, getting set up is like things that people don't take into consideration when they see the grip and grin on social media. Right.
2: Right. But I got, I got a question for you, Adam is like, what, what goal do you have that makes you slightly nervous? Um, as far as like in hunting or, yeah, I mean, you could do either, but, um, I would say hunting. So
1: for me, it's always, like the pushing in further, 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 further. Like, like I told you, you know, when we got out of the truck at, um, in Idaho and like, we did all our map scouting. We had an idea of where we were going. Like we had it all mapped out and and this is kind of what a great piece on this is like the execution. And so like, as soon as we got up that first incline and we were like, okay, now I've never seen an elk track before. Is this an elk track or a moose track? Like here's some poop. Like what, you know, how old is this? What okay. You know, reading all the sign. And so for me, when I go into like a new piece of public land that I've never been to before, and I know that I choose spots that people don't want to go. And then when I get halfway out there, I realize why people don't want to go there because it's just the nastiest, nasty stuff. And, you know, you do it generally on a time frame. So like, it's like, I have to be back by a certain time or like whatever. That's where, you know, am I going to get all the way out there? Am I going to find other people's, you know, tree stands, uh, other people's stuff. Am I going to get lost? Am I going to find what I'm looking for? And then it's like, am I ever going to come back here? Like, is this realistic for me to go out there and, and hunt like, and does it, uh, is the is it worth it to me at the end of the end of the line? Because I think at the end of the day, like I know, like what I need to be doing, but it's that uh, execution and all of those things, and it's 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 hilarious to me that you'd ask me this, and this is the way that this conversation would be yeah. going because it's one of the things that I wanted to talk about. And you had posted today, uh, something that said like, how do you know if you're overthinking something and it's in action? Right. And I think that that, that's where a lot of people get like that analysis paralysis, like, and that's what it is for me, I think.
2: So yeah, you're overanalyzing. So like what, like, but what's, what's in goal? Like you want to push yourself as a hunter. Um, you want to go, uh, I don't want to say do scary shit, but do, do stuff that kind of like pushes you on the fear of base. Like you want to like, okay, I want to go search the unknown. Right. I think that's fairly common in most humans to be like, I, I kind of want to, most people, uh, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but like most, let's say it seems as though a lot of Eastern hunters are like, I really enjoy what I'm doing, but I want to push the limits this whole Western thing looks fun. I want to go do that because I think, I think inherently humans seek the unknown, Like A lot of us are like, have that explorer gene, right? Like we want to go see some unknown crap. And, and I think that's good. And I think like, so I'm speaking for you a little bit. Is that kind of like, you're like, man, that's the Idaho thing. I want to go do it. But then I overanalyze the details. No, I think so. Like the Idaho thing, the elk
1: thing, I think really like, That is 100% like the adventure and from, from Eastern guys and from having done it and from, um, it, it, and it goes back to even whitetail too. Um, but for the elk thing is like, if you hunt turkeys, you call turkeys, you know, it's really exciting you call, they answer. Like I can do this. You yeah. know, when, when you're out elk hunting, especially for a guy that's never even seen an elk before in his life and you're out there calling, you've been calling in your truck, you've been annoying your wife and your kids and everybody Man. on the block and you call and then a turkey, uh, uh, an elk answers back. You're like, Holy shit, I can do this. So like when we yeah. went out there, it was like to, to hear an elk, to see an elk, to get an opportunity. Like, that's the way that we, we laid it out. And that would be, all the levels of success for us. The, the, the Eastern thing, like for me in whitetail hunting is like, I think my fear is that I'm right. And that I am the world's worst bow hunter. So like for <laughs> me, it, it, it never ends up being like an inches thing or like, even like a class of deer thing, because I'm not, I'm not at a level where I'm going and I'm going in there and I'm saying, okay, I'm only looking for Pope and young bucks. Not, I mean, maybe out of state, like in states where they're more prominent. So like, think, right. think of go hunt, you know, like, so like, here's where, you know, here's where the statistics say that this class of bull is like, whatever. Like, so yeah. if I go to Ohio, I feel like I have a much higher uh, uh, opportunity uh, to kill a Pope and young buck, where in Michigan I'm hunting kind of what's available to me and kind of what's in my proximity. And I'm gonna just going to try and kill a, a Deer that I'm happy with in that area. But when I go out and I do that, when I go out and I walk into an area, like I'm confident that I can find deer, I don't have any problem like just going out, finding a deer, killing a deer. I just want to prove to myself that I can go out and I can find a buck that's of a two and a, a half or three and a half year old buck on this piece of property. And just to prove it to myself that I can do it so that all of these conversations that I've Doing and all of these conversations that I'm facilitating all this information that is getting passed essentially through me from, you know, a hunting expert to the end listener isn't I'm not just a pass through that I'm actually able to take this information and process it and, and use it also. And so that's, that's my fear is that I, that I suck and that I'm unable to do that even with all of these hours of talking to all of these, you know, great guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no i i mean that's that's uh i mean that's probably more, far more common than you think like i mean i think we all have a little bit of that um but it's like so i guess to to kind of help people with a whole goal setting thing so that's what i was kind of getting at with like okay what's your fear around or like what's your goal what's what's what do you want and i I think, like you said, there's differences between the whitetail thing and, and, you know, the Western hunting thing, you know, what you want out of it. And you kind of mentioned like the adventure. And I think, you know, the adventure hunts, man, that's for me, huge. Like, it's just what I do, right? Like, it's like the lifestyle that I want to live. And I want to go on more of those. Um, and I do, you're 100% right. People wrap themselves around the details and over, overanalyze that stuff big time. And what it is, is like, you're, you're focusing on things that you can, you know, air quotes control. This is why people get so stuck in gear. You know, they, they, there's so many things about this adventure hunt that they can't control, or they don't know so it feels comfortable to latch on to things that they can control, right And you know the the sleeping bags the packs, the light like all that's such BS like it doesn't matter. like I grew up dirt poor and I mean I hunted with the worst packs like I had like a Fanny pack for years that like I just kind of rocked you know like uh is it Black Creek uh they make like the basically giant fanny pack with straps. I've killed more elk in that black rig. I think I ran that thing for like 12 years. I killed more elk in that than, And like, that was before we had these fancy packs, you know? And, but that's the thing is like, you are trying to control variables that you see you can control versus just in embracing the unknown. Right. And I think that's, that's good with, even with any goal, when you think about goals, it's good to ask yourself that question. You're like, am I trying to control something that I can control out of fear of the unknown? And, or should I just embrace this fear of the unknown and kind of push through? Like there's something to be said for planning, right? Like, I think it's important to plan and, and to work through the kinks of whatever you're doing and say like, okay, here's the execution, right? But don't overthink it because the best thing you could do is just start taking action the hard part about comparing, say, starting a business to going on an elk hunt is that like you get a you have a, I don't know, a year or two years to think about this elk hunt that you're about to go on. Right. And there's, that's good in the fact that like you get to live in that moment, you have the excitement. I think that's a very underrated feeling. Like we as humans are probably the only species in the world that has like to look forward to something. And so I actually do think it's really important to book adventures early um, because then you get the joy of like, not just being there, not just looking back on it, but the joy of like, man, the anticipation, right? Like I get to go on this big adventure. The problem with that is that we tend to like overthink things and overanalyze all the details of it and worry. Right. Uh, So for me, it's like, you get to a point where you, you like, okay, I, I don't want to say MacGyver, but I can, I can get through any situation and uh, I, I kind of have a base amount of knowledge and I don't know what's going to happen. So like, let's take this year, I'm going to Kodiak. So never been there. Uh, but I have a base knowledge that says like, okay, when I get there, I'll be able to figure it out. If anything goes wrong, I'll be able to figure it out. Um, I'll survive on the gear I have. I don't need to buy specialty gear for that thing. To me, like I, I just had that conversation with myself, like, am I overthinking this and reacting in a in a manner that's just based purely on overthinking or overanalyzing, right? And so like, I just table it and say like, okay, I don't need any fancy gear. Like, I don't need all this new stuff to go on this thing because that's going to limit it. Right. And that's the one thing I, that frustrates me is like, when people say they want to go on a big Western hunt and it cost them, you know, $10,000 in gear or whatever it is, it's like, well, you didn't need that. That was like, That was your fear kind of buying shit to control what you can't control. So if buying all that stuff is going to limit you from doing it again next year, maybe don't do that. Like maybe just survive off what you have. Right. Um, And that's a, that's a common thread I see is like people, like they think these hunts are so expensive, but it was just because they had to buy all new gear and all new fancy stuff. And and the reality is, is like, you didn't need that. It was just kind of, you were compensating.
1: So uh, I have that mindset um, in most of my life is like, I don't worry about things that I can't control. And it's really interesting that I've never heard that perspective on like the gear thing, because it makes a total sense. But, <laughs> I, but I'll just counter that to say like, and especially like from a, wh- a white tail or like from your experience with blacktail or mule deer or, or, or whatever. And I think mule deer is maybe more relatable. Um, but like, so Why is it that it's the gear that is what people feel that they can, can control? Because when I talk to these high level whitetail guys or, or, or whatever, what they can control is their scouting and the time that they spend in the woods and they don't focus on the gear because the gear doesn't, isn't going to find them a deer. right? Right. So, so they go out and they spend all the time boots on the ground you know, just canvassing the area, like locating these deer. So they know these properties, you know, thousands upon thousands of acres inside and out so that they know where the deer is going to be next and next, next. So why do you think it is for, you know, the, as you said, like you speak for like the majority of people or whatever, that they are going to focus on the gear versus what they can do to either be in better shape, which they can control, you know saving money so that they can do this every year, uh, you know, right. or just going out and spending time scouting and uh, so that they know the area. So even if they don't have the gear, they know how they can get in and out of there in the animals in and out of there.
2: Well, I think that people have people who have the ability to scout and spend a lot of time in an area. Don't focus on gear, right? Like generally speaking, it's the people who, and the situations where, you're going somewhere unknown or like, I can't go scout Kodiak. Like that doesn't do me. Like I'm, I can e-scout it a little bit. You know, I can e-scout those things. But at the end of the day, like for a lot of people who are like, say headed out West to a big mule deer hunt or a big uh, elk hunt and they, that adventure hunt, it's not something that you can just go scout. Right. Maybe you can go put some boots on, you know, maybe some rubber on the ground and go drive at the unit once. Uh, but for the most part, you know, if you think about those in different ways, you know, and there's different levels too. So like with most whitetail guys or me, even as an elk guy, it does 100% matter more to spend time in the unit. It's been like, you're, it's finding that deer. Like when you get to a level, it's you, the time you need is finding the thing. Whereas if you're just going on an adventure hunt and it's just like a thing, you're just, you know, you need a thing. It's usually, that's not the hardest thing. You know, it's not the, it's not the, I don't know the most time consuming thing for sure. It's like, okay, I I go into this Kodiak hunt. I'm not, I'm just looking for a representative of the species. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy it. I'm going on an adventure. Those are different goals. And if I said like, okay, here's a unit that I have elk hunted for years and I'm trying to turn up a giant, right? I need to burn a ton of diesel i need to burn a ton of boot leather and i need to find that animal right like that's the important thing where it just they're just different right like so the adventure hunt is like i'm just going on this experience and i'm pushing myself the challenge there is like a little bit of going into the unknown doing the unknown um unpredictable and i think that's where people tend to focus on the gear and trying to find those things
1: so uh, your kodiak hunt, we'll talk it at it from from this perspective, so I've talked to guys, and especially guys that are like, and I, I'd put you in a level like where you're a confident hunter. You're you're a, a a guy that kills, right? So when you're going out there, like I've talked to other guys that say, like, if I don't kill something, the hunt was a failure. Like if I come home and that was a failure, and I'm like, I, I can't wrap my head around that because. I know that there's so many things that I can't control. All I can control is like my preparation, like what I did. And if I come home and I failed and I can say, okay, well, and I, and I don't even want to say that I failed. If I come home and I wasn't successful, I need to say, okay, did I do everything that I could have done to put myself in a situation where I could have killed? But like, is, is, is there any level of, uh, like expectation of failure and is or not being successful and is that acceptable to you? Like, and from a goal st- standpoint,
2: yeah. I mean, you could say either of those sense I'll f- don't get me wrong. Like, I would never be like, if I don't kill, it's a failure. Because at the end of the day, like, I'm gonna do my damnedest, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, and I'm fine with that. Like, I do a lot of these things because of the experience, right? Um, and maybe, maybe elk hunting is a better example than Kodiak. Like Kodiak's total, a total adventure. I just want to go exp- have the experience. Right. And I'll be super bummed if I don't kill, like that would be super bummed. Um, and like caribou last year, uh, it got down to the, to the point in the hunt where you're trying to tell you, like, you're trying to tell yourself the story on why it didn't work out. Right. Um, and it's like, you got to shake that. I think, you know, for me, like elk hunting is a better example. Um, I get, pretty frustrated. Like uh, I'm disappointed in myself if I don't, if it doesn't pan out, which is comical because like, I will also let a stupid amount of elk walk. So, I mean, how can I really be frustrated at myself? So, like, you have to choose, choose what your win is. And that's, that's much harder than, you know, just saying that. So for me, it's like 100%, if I don't succeed, I'll feel a little bit of failure right i'll feel that and that's good that's healthy that pushes me but at the same time i go into it of like okay i have to execute the basics right i have to keep executing i have to keep thinking and keep working right and so i don't you can't let it get down you can't let yourself get down and be like oh you know like i start writing the story on why i wasn't successful or you know back to your point i think you made about like you know you go to a new state like oh i'm just going to you know try again another time and like, that's that's a total real thing. You'll go through this experience of being like, uh, maybe I'm not as good, right? Like the self-doubt, all these things and just working through that. But for me, it's like, when I'm in that moment, I have to focus on execution, focus on execution. And like, don't let the chaos or the overwhelm of the mission of like succeeding or not succeeding, change what your execution looks like. And that's, The same for, you know, if I had 40 acres that I was whitetail hunting, or I had 4,000 acres I was elk hunting, or I'm hunting the entire island of Kodiak, it's like, okay, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? And, you know, a good example is like caribou hunt last year, you know, getting frustrated, things weren't working. It's like, okay, back to the drawing board. How do we figure this out? How do we figure this out? And, um, one of my hunting partners, Craig and I, you know, we've done this a lot, you know, we've been in Colorado and like everything fell apart and it was easy to tell yourself like, ah, well, it just didn't work out this time. Right. But it's like, no, we need to rethink instead of telling yourself that story of why you weren't successful. How do you be successful? How do you keep working through it? Like, what can we do differently? How do we execute the basics? And it goes back to the basics of like, I need to find animals. Like, even though I'm, I have animals, you know, a great example would be, uh, Either one, but like we were seeing animals, they weren't the caliber we were looking for, or like the opportunities weren't panning out. So, within caribou, it was like, yeah, we're seeing caribou, but where we're seeing and how we're seeing them isn't allotting the opportunities that we wanted, right? And we could keep playing that game and hope just we get lucky, or we could change our luck and say, like, we're going to move to uh, a completely different area and see if we can find some caribou that aren't getting pressured, where there's not a ton of people and those type of things. Right. And so the same was true with deer. It's like we in Colorado a couple of years ago, we were, you know, we're seeing deer, but we're not seeing a quality one. We're getting into people. And it's like the the opportunities weren't presenting themselves and we could keep playing that game and then end up failing, but we'd only have ourselves to blame. So like, how do we adjust the execution? And like, okay, here's what it's, we've seen, you know, we're boots on the ground. We found deer, but they're not, you know, the opportunities aren't presenting themselves. And this is like, especially true in, in archery hunting. You know, you can find a number of animals that just aren't quite right for those archery opportunities where you're getting shots. Right. And so like, I could sit here and play this game and maybe never it'll never come to fruition or I never have re-success or I could switch the game up. How do I execute better? Right. And like, so I'm constantly like, how do I improve? And that's, that's a whole, like boots on the ground, confidence in your abilities, the at bats, right? Like I know the same, I don't want this to come off as arrogant, but like I know I could go to any unit and figure it out within a week. Like I'm going to find animals and I, you know, I'm going to get an opportunity, whether I succeed on that opportunity is, is, you know, maybe lady luck will have a little bit to do with that, but it's like, I'm going to be able to figure that place out and, and work through it. Right. And it just becomes a system that I've developed of like, okay, I need to like, okay, I'm looking at the entire map. Okay. I thought this was the plan, but maybe this is the plan, but maybe this is the plan. and just like working it down in smaller chunks instead of getting overwhelmed. And like, let's say I land in a unit in Idaho and where I thought elk would be, there's just people. And I'm like, do I throw in the towel and go back? Or do I like, try a new plan, try a new plan, try a new plan. And it's easy to get to day five of a seven day hunt and be like, well, it just didn't work out like whatever. Or it's like, okay, what's my Hail Mary? Like how do I keep changing the plan a little bit or adjusting fire and keep testing new theories and new plans until something pans out?
1: So like, I, there's a few things in there. Like one, sorry, that was kind of a rant. (laughs) No, but I, uh, so for, for a guy who doesn't have that like confidence. Right. And we kind of talked about this a little bit before where there's, there's a level of a guy who just is like, I know I can do it. I'm going to do it. Just do it. Right. Man. So for guys that don't have that like level of success, or they haven't been through enough, you know, of those at bats, those close calls, like, d- <sighs> I'm trying to think of a way to like say, you know, is there a way for you to like dig out of that, like self doubt, or is there like a somewhat of like a checklist of like little wins? So like in your scenario of like, okay, so you move in, uh, you go in Idaho and then it's just guys. And then you move to another area and then it's just not working out. Like when you go to the next area, like what makes you any more confident than this? Is it like, okay, so, I'm here. So little win one is that there's no trucks at the trailhead. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, cause that's what I try to like instill in people. Like when you, when you're out there and you've never hunted before or you've never hunted on public or you've never been out anywhere. It's like, if you can go out there and like, I mean, we've got guys and I'm going to say, Robbie, this is for you. You know, you, you, you get to the, you get to your spot and you've brought your arrows. Like you have all of your stuff, right? So that's win number one, like number two, you get out and you get up a tree clean without dropping anything or making any big noises. And then maybe the next thing is like, you see a deer and then maybe the next thing is you didn't get busted by deer and, and, and so on up until, you know, you're bringing the deer back to the truck is like everything you have to find these like little things, but like, what is it that you would use or how would you recommend guys like from a mindset, like perspective to dig yourself out of that self doubt? Because you know, you're in your scenario. Like if you, if if I'm in Idaho and it's day five of a seven day hunt, I've got a 30 hour drive back. I've just been five days of getting my, you know, nuts kicked in from like all of this experience where it's like, That, that is where the self-doubt, you know, creeps in. And like, I know you felt it. How do you like, like, uh,
2: where do guys go from there? (laughs) I, I, you know, I think, I think small wins, like there's, there's validity in small wins. If you can believe that story. And I I, I don't mean that meaninglessly. I think that like, it just depends on the person. Um, You know, if you're the kind of person who can say like, yeah, that's a win. Personally, I would probably not because I would be like, is it a win? Like, you know, like you like the thing about placebo is you have to believe it. And like there's 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 real power in that, but you have to believe it. So it depends on the person. And I I think that's a great strategy. Be like, okay, what is a win? What is a win? And maybe like for me, and this is like totally different. If that works for someone, great. For me, it's like the win is that I put my my all into it, right? Like whether I've
0: Brave anglers search for the one they call King, but who will take his throw tune in to waypoint TV's battle for silver Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 PM. Eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint TV.
2: Come, uh, shoot an animal. Like whether I kill an elk on an elk hunt or on an Idaho, you know, elk hunt is kind of like, yeah, that's a, that's a bonus. But the win is that I busted my ass and I gave it my all. Right. And like, that sounds cheesy, but like to me, there was a certain instance. I remember it's probably 2009 or 10. God, it was, it rained 10 days straight. It was brutal, broke out my back window. I didn't have a pair of boots. Um, like I literally, it was just a bad week and I went home like two days early and I was like, uh, regretted the decision immediately and then for 11 months regretted that decision and it it made a big impact on me that was like okay like i will like you're going to jones for elk season for 11 months as bad as it seems today you only get to do this one time a year and for me that was enough to like i want to walk away from every season being like damn you worked hard like damn we put in the effort you know And that's been it. And like, I can tell you the last couple of seasons of archery, like I, I haven't killed a bull the last two seasons and that's the longest I've ever gone. And that stings a whole bunch. Right. But like, I can still walk away from that scene. It's been like, man, I found some giants. I found some great bulls. Uh, I worked my face off. I did everything, you know, maybe it didn't execute perfectly. It's like, I should have done this. I should have done that. Like I'll eat myself up about that stuff. But at the end of the day, like I put in a valiant effort and I worked my face off, right? Like that's, that's, that's the win for me. So find what the win is for you. If the win is climbing your tree stand without dying, then that's fine. Like if you can sell yourself on that story, that's perfect. I love it. If you can say like, I went into season and I gave it you know my heart, and I had a good time doing it. Like I enjoyed the process. And did you become a better hunter? Right. Like for me, it's like that's a big one. It's like did I, did I stick it to the end? Did I never give up? And did I become a better hunter? Did I learn some new shit? Like did I did I get better at this? Did I find you know? And for me, like even just finding big bulls is like I've gotten so much better at that. And you know, I went into hunting something completely. I grew up in uh, Western Oregon. And those who don't know is like, it's a jungle, right? I grew up hunting Roosevelt's, And so when I started hunting the open prairies of Montana, I I got, I got kicked in the nuts all the time. I was like, I suck at this. Like, what is this all about? And I was like, I want to be good at this. And I almost gave up. I was like, I can go back to calling elk anytime. Like I know, I know that game, but I want to get good at this whole finding elk in the prairie thing. And man, it kicked my ass. But I was like, did I get better? Did I increase as an elk hunter as a whole? You know, like, and that I would say one hundred percent. Like I'm getting better every year. And it's super hard for me as like a pretty successful elk hunter. I'm not like the best, but pretty successful elk hunter to say like, okay, I have to go back to noob status. I have to be unsuccessful for two years, the most I've ever gone, and admit that like okay like i'm still learning this whole prairie thing and for me that was like okay i have to redefine success because if i only define success as shooting an elk with my bow like i won't be i'm not successful on a grander scale to myself right like and that's that's a personal like success mountain right like okay what do i want out of this it's like i want to be able to i want to be able to hunt elk no matter where they are open country Timber country, column, spot stock them, like you name it, I'll find them. Right. And like, I look at the bigger picture of like, if you want to be a killer, you have to have these skills, right? Like I need a tracking skills. I need glassing skills. I need to be able to find elk. I need to be able to call out all these things. And so like, for me, like, I just look at it from a bigger picture, which helps me stomach the losses of like going two years without killing. Right. Like that's, that's what gets me through that. And like, so redefining your success. And that's a mindset thing. Like that is 100% a mindset thing. Like you said, you know, how do you shift your mindset? You have to find the why, right? You have to find the thing that's going to shift your mindset. And then, you know, maybe it's just like following the people like you or whoever who have that mindset, who are doing what you want to do. Right. And that sounds cliche and simple, but it's like, okay, who do you want to be like when you grow up, you know, follow them, make them a part of your circle and that can be the internet i you know i i made a post somewhere along the lines of like you're the average of the seven people you hang around and then people were like oh i don't have seven friends there's you could follow seven people on the internet and and move the needle, right? Like social media has made it to where you can be, you know, like, okay, I want to be, I want to be like Ryan Lampers. I'm going to eat, sleep and breathe whatever Ryan Lampers does. Cause I want to be that, that type of person. Right. And like, that's going to move your needle towards that person just a little bit. And so it's like, that's a huge piece of moving your mindset is like, follow the people with the mindsets you want. Like, even if you grow up in a super small town and, and nobody has that style of mindset, like you, the internet has made it possible. Do you, you know, be friends with anyone. Right. And you can shift your mindset and shift that ability to like, okay, here's where I want to be. And I'm moving my needle in that direction.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, it's hard maybe for some people to put two and two together with, you know, you're, you speak in like, uh, L terms or whatever, but the the same thing is said, like, uh, Andy may, like we talk about him a lot, but he's like one of the most efficient, killers from a whitetail standpoint and just to be able to go in, do all the e-scouting, walk in and kill just like that. But he talks about the same thing about like, he doesn't want to be the best whitetail hunter in farm country. He wants to spot and stalk. He wants to be able to do it in the Hills. He wants to be able to do it in egg. He wants to be able to do it in swamp, like, you know, to be able to to figure the animal out and be good at that and always be striving to, to be improving. And I think like what you said there is, is huge. If, if you, you remove, I mean, and this is just for the listener who may have like said, well, I don't, I don't elk hunt, so it doesn't apply to me, but in reality, it's like, you know, if you're giving it your all, if you're going out there, if you're hunting and, and putting in the time, and if you're, uh, I think one thing, I don't know if I heard you say there, but if you're adjusting, so if what you're, what you're doing what you're out there and you're giving it your all and it's not working and you need to kind of re reset and say, okay, like, well, why didn't that work? What can I do now? And it goes back again to the, why, like, why is this happening? Why, why, why? And just being able to apply that, you know? So I look at things from like my like little win scenario of a guy that's never hunted, never killed, never seen a deer in the woods. It's really hard to say like, yeah, I'm really pushing myself, but am I pushing myself in the right direction? Or if I, I mean, how do I even know if I'm
2: doing anything right? So for, for it gets really hard (laughs) because like, if you've never, like it, if you've never seen success, it's hard to know what it looks like. And from the same perspective, you're like, oh, cool. I'm adjusting. Like, how do you know whether to stay in that tree or move to a different tree? Like, this is a very common thing. It's like, right. But like, Let's say the Andy guy. I'm sure he's like, I. This just feels right. He has gut intuition, and if you don't have experience, you don't have gut intuition. And so that becomes the real hard part for the noob, right? The new guy is like, ah, like, am I in the right spot? I'm in the woods. I don't know, like, right? And you have to develop, you know, like, maybe the goal is to develop your gut intuition. And your gut intuition is like, okay, like, you need experience. You need time in the field, um, and that is not something you can shortcut per se. I would, you know, I would study those people and learn, like, try to figure out, try to sh- deduce what their gut intuition comes from or what they see. Uh That is like crucial, crucial, crucial. Um, you have to, you have to have experience to develop a gut intuition. And then that gut intuition, you have to have, you know, basically some wins to, to, to have, uh, trust in your own gut right like he to to for me to be like man this just feels right is like or the bucky the, you know, the term like you're like oh this area looks really bucky like but to a guy who's never been there you're like an alien comes down and you're like this is really bucky he's like i what does this mean what is this term you know and like so the, like you have to like that just takes experience you know and it, that's a lot of time in the field but going back to is it, like don't give up if you change, if you change the the win to like, I want to develop my gut intuition, and if you really look at a lot of the greats, are that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to be better in multiple terrains, right? Like, yeah, you know, certain people will be successful on one property, and they attach themselves to this identity of being successful, and so they do that one thing, right? It's like. Uh, if you go back to grade school and you're like, you're good at math, but you're bad at reading, you're going to focus on math. Right. And like, like, Oh, I'm just good at math. And so you only focus on math and not on, on reading, but like to be more well-rounded, you know, you should study everything. Right. And so in the same capacities, like there are people who will find success in one little, little niche that they have, like, Ooh, this worked. And I'll rinse and repeat that. And like I don't think they end up being as successful because inevitably that situation runs out and then they have to like reinvent themselves. And so to speak in a different type, right? Like they had one property and they knew if they sat in this one tree, it was successful, but eventually they kill the age class out of that. And like, it's not good anymore. And so then they'll try to like rinse and repeat the same thing, but it's like, you know, what's your success? If your success is like, Hey, I want to be, I want to be so good. I can go to any state, any property and be good at this. Then the whole, like not successful is merely just a learning experience. You know, it's like, you know, uh, our failures, uh, success. It's so cliche. Yes. But like you have to have those failures. You have to, to develop that gut intuition. You need all those things. Right. And so like, if you just change your mindset, even, I don't care if you're brand new, you're like, you change your mindset. You're like, Hey, this is a journey I want to go down. It's like going full circle on this, but like, this is a journey I want to go down. This is what I want to be good at. This is the lifestyle I want then, you know, whether you're successful or not is merely a learning experience. It's like, you're just building that gut intuition.
1: So one of the things, and I don't want to keep it to you here too long, you know, but so for the mindset perspective, like one of the things that's really helped me both in hunting and in like just a personal growth or whatever is like different books. And so like, as far as like reading, so do you have like a a book that can help someone with like goal setting or whatever, like maybe one from like a hunting perspective and one from like just a non hunting perspective that you'd recommend.
2: Yeah. It is a really tough question for me. Not a lot of books, but um, you know, one of my favorite hunting books and I would say it's kind of a mindset book too, is uh, hunt with Fred bear. And it's just like these chronicles of hunting with Fred bear. Um it's you know the old cliche if you want to teach someone to or you want someone to build a ship teach them to long for the ocean not be a woodworker or something along those lines but you know that fred bear book is like that that's been huge i love that one if you want to like just get into the ability to go anywhere and do anything just like listening to some of his stories are really fascinating um from a personal growth mindset book man i'm trying to think what's a good one um trying to not be cliche either. Um uh, let me look around. What's uh I don't know, what's a good one? Mindset. Sorry, I'm dragging on here. I I mean I see it's kind of cliche, but I it's just sitting there. So I thought of it. But The Obstacle is the way by Ryan Holiday is another good book. Um, to shift the
1: mindset. Okay. I've not heard of that one. So,
2: Oh really? Mm-mm. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm trying to think of another one.
1: So while you're thinking, I'll just, I'll pose you a question that, that'll throw you off. And that we have had this conversation right. with, uh, one of the guys that listened to the podcast, he's, uh, was a traditional archery guy, grew up his whole life and his dad's friends and his dad, they were all self bow guys and they were boyers. And, we've had this discussion like internally of like, was Fred bear like the first hunting influencer? Like because he didn't make his <laughs> own sure. bows for a while. You know, he was just out there like doing all these adventure hunts, just shooting at random things as far as he could, you know, out there yeah. living the life. Um, but like Fred bear is the original like Insta
2: fluencer. <laughs> oh dude, for sure. Um, and you know, if you read a lot of his stuff, you'll, you'll find that like he, he went to make archery popular so he could sell bows. Like right. He was the first influencer. Like, and that was the whole point. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of other things to it too, but like a big piece of it was that he was like trying to make, you know, archery cool, archery and like really put archery on the map, you know. Um in comparison to a lot of other people but yeah 100% like the first influencer
1: <laughs> and it's like blasphemy right cuz he's like on yeah. this pedestal like oh fred bear and like he did everything right and he was you, you know like that you, you think of like archery and like the the purity of it or whatever and you see like like fred bear of course right but that's right. He, that was his gig
2: but there's kind of like a catch 22 in it all um because and I get it from the perspective of like our influencers ruining hunting and all this stuff, like hundred percent there's, there's both sides of this coin because, you know, Kim and Rogan and all these guys that made archery. Okay. Is like, it's also semi ruining the entire thing that we love. Cause now I can't go to Idaho and even hunt without seeing 27 of my best friends. And, but at the same time, it's like, for me, I don't know. I I'll go back and forth on this, but I mean, a lot of it is the fact that like in the let's say 50, 60, hunting was normal, right? It was like normalized. A lot of people didn't hunt, but they were like, yeah, that's a normal thing. And so I do believe we need 51% of the population to believe that hunting is okay. I don't need 51% of the population to hunt though. <laughs> so like there's a difference, like, I think we, I I like it when we see people like Rogan who are mass who are like, yeah, he bow hunts. I don't really want him being like, yeah, everyone should bow hunt. Right. Or like these things. And so like, there's a fine line between getting ever, getting more people to hunt and just like getting people to accept the fact that hunting exists and is okay. Right. Like there's a big difference there.
1: So like for, for us, like for your podcast and the, you know, muley monday and Wappity wednesday right. and you know for us like saying like you know anybody can do this like you can just go out you know find some public land find some deer kill some deer have some fun you know get the experience of of doing it like how much of a problem are we like in that giving away the oh, secrets sure the that-
2: i don't know how much <laughs> 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 uh, i mean like <clears throat> from a lot of like I mean, I ran a tips and tactics podcast for like five years. Um, And so did I, I don't know, did people listening to my podcast increase success rates to where it's like uh, an issue, right? It was like, let's just say like 20 years ago uh, when I was hunting, success rates were probably... I don't know, three or four significant percentage points lower than what they are now. And so it's like, now there's more elk getting killed, but not, that's not even to mention the fact that how many more people are into the sport or whatever. And so it's like, here we are trying to make people more efficient hunters. I'm 100% sure we're part of the problem.
1: (laughs) Well, and how many people, I mean, myself included, like are out there on every single logging road, uh, bugling every 50 feet because of born and raised right?
2: Right. A hundred percent. I mean,
1: <laughs> but you know, you know, buy tags, not gear, have the experience and go out there and I do it. I will say
2: like kind of on that note though, like there's always a void. There's always a void. And this is true for everything because pendulums swing. Right. And the reason they say pendulum swings is because trends go one way and another. Right. And so Just when when everyone's out bugling and chasing elk, it was like I swung back the other way. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go hunt the prairie. And, you know, now I feel like people are swinging towards the prairie. Um, And a lot of that's like, you know, like a good example is um, uh, like, mule deer hunting in, you know, cause Ryan and Brian are doing these videos and everyone's like following them. And they're like, oh, so I'm like, okay, I'm going back to the mountains. I shouldn't say this, but like, I'm going back to the mountains when everyone's going to the prairie for deer. You know, it's like, you, there's always like hypes create voids. And that's the nice thing about hypes is they don't keep it evenly distri- distributed. Like there's always a void, you know, the same is true as like, on X creates a void go hunt creates a void when, when go hunt makes it so easy and everyone starts to see the same thing. I'm like, okay, what void is that creating on X is that way? Like on X, like what, what do like when these systems get built to make everything really easy, it, it tends to funnel those people into a certain place. And so like, that's a like 301 pro tip, but it's like, what is the void that's getting created by the hype in this world? Right. And then like, where is, where can I go the other direction?
1: that's awesome i I don't think about that but i i think it really relates in terms of like you know when i look at you know online mapping i'm looking for the biggest pieces of public but like to your point it's like those little (laughs) tiny ones that are getting overlooked because everybody's gravitating towards the big ones they're probably you know there's nobody hunting them and there's probably deer there too so it's like right
2: and like you know i think like the, the Onyx one's a, a really good example because it's like Onyx made it so easy just in general to find public land that now people stopped asking. Like I'll go talk to people all the time and they're like, yeah, no one ever asks anymore. And I was like, yeah, because Onyx made it so easy that it's more comfortable. Like I, I'm not comfortable talking to people like this is a whole bigger scale of like issues with humans, but it's like, I'm not comfortable talking to people. So I'll just like, look on my Onyx and go find this public versus like the one who's like, yeah, I'll go knock on doors. Like there's very few people in this world who are going to go knock on doors. So there's a void in itself, right? Like um, I'm sure this exists in the whitetail world. I just don't know it well enough to, to speak on it.
1: Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't doubt that. And I think that That's, I mean, even with what we're doing here and when we talk about like the public land hunting and people like identifying as that, you know, that's getting people moving off of, you know, some of these, these private pieces that, you know, maybe are probably coming available again or, you know, things like that. So it's very, very interesting. So like, I guess to like round this all out, like for your advice on like setting and executing goals for a guy going into this season like you know here we are you know we're a few months out so like what where should people be at like mentally as they approach the season uh are we talking Tail taylor well just hunting in general like if if if, if you know if the uh, success mountain is to end the season as a better hunter than when you started,
2: yeah, and that can be fairly subjective, so it's kind of hard to to pinpoint down, but like I would say like the advice is like rethink what success is and and maybe get clear with yourself. so like I think there's a lot of people like,, ah, I really want to kill a one thirty buck or one forty buck whatever like that's that's fine, and I'm, I'm like not against that. if that's your success then, you know, what are you willing to do to get that? Right. And, and kind of just break it down into smaller pieces and make sure that you're executing more small pieces than you are just that big one. It's easy to say, oh, I want to kill 140 bucks this year, but I'm going to do exactly what I did the last three years. And so like, okay, if that had to be true, I had to kill 140 bucks. Like what could I do differently? And then what could I do better? Uh, in the same way, it's like, okay maybe add a couple goals. And I really like that. Like, okay, I want to be a better deer hunter this year at the end of this year than I was at the end of last year. So like then define like, okay, how would I get there? Uh, you know, how what does being a better deer hunter look like? Because I think if you only rely on luck, you're like, I'm going to do the same thing I did last year and maybe I'll get lucky this year. I, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. Like maybe you will, but like what is let's redefine a couple goals and then break them down into smaller chunks. Like okay, if I had to hit these, what's that look like? Like I, it's, I don't know, cheesy as it sounds like just thinking through it of like, okay, what does better hunter look like? You know, is it more days in the field? Maybe that's it. Maybe like prioritizing hunting a little bit better. Like maybe you're just like, ah, I got, you know, you're the type of person who prioritizes everything except hunting. And you're like, okay, at the end of the year, I want to say like, man, I spent, you know, 15 days in the tree, like that's, that's a success. Then, then do that and make it a priority. Like what's, what's your priority? So it's funny that you say that. And
1: like, I have brought this up in another podcast where there's a guy who's, you know, real successful, but has never been on public land and he ventures out and like, does this happen in the elk woods or like in people that you see? Cause I, I feel like there's so many I don't even want to call them like casual hunters, but like in today's world, in these terms that they like these people who identify as a hunter, they want to buy all the stuff. They want to wear all the stuff they want to get dressed up, but they got every excuse in the world, like not to go like, Oh, winds wrong or like, Oh, there's people at trailhead. Oh, you know, there's always people, you know, does, does that, do you see
2: that? as well yeah i live in bozeman we like the heart of that (laughs) uh yeah and like i don't know like treat your own like i'm not gonna sit there and be like you know don't be that guy if you want to be that guy that's fine i don't care um but just know like i don't know like to me it's like i don't i just don't put any thought into it because there's there's always going to be posers man like there's just people who want the the badge right like they just want to be like yeah well and then there's you know there's there's people who want the badge but they're like i think the the bigger folly is that there's, there's people who are like, they don't define their goals and they don't really, they kind of half-ass the whole situation in that you say like, yeah, I just, you know, I want to go elk hunting this year. I really want to kill an elk. Uh, you know, like I hope it happens. Like they're just waiting on lady luck, man. And it's like, I, maybe they just don't know what they don't know to like, be able to execute the like, okay, what am I going to do to do that? Like, what's this look like? I just think there's a ton of hunters out there that are like, yeah, I really want to kill an elk, and they're like, yeah, I'm going to go up in this area, but they haven't really thought this out at all whatsoever. They're like, I'm going to this area, and that was like that you expected that to produce success. Like, what is like maybe breaking it down a little bit more is like, okay. I'm going to hunt this, you know, I'm going to glass this piece or I'm going to call onto this piece and we'll work this ridge and we'll work this ridge and we'll work this ridge. And like thinking that out is like that simple task of like thinking out each day, what it looks like creates a whole bunch of new opportunities because instead of being like, I'm going to go to this area. Now there's all these reasons why this is going to fail. Like if you say, I'm going to go to this area and like my camp's going to be here, but that's about all I know. I'll I'll figure it out. Like you're just setting yourself up for success because you're setting yourself up for a bunch of disappointments that are going to lead to you giving up. Like, that's what I see far more is like, oh, you know, this happened or that happened or like, oh, it's just, you know, whatever. And I, you know, bagged it. Like that's promising, you know, to not be successful. Essentially, is like whereas if you say like, okay, here's my hunt plan, here's my hunt plan, here's my hunt plan, I could work this ridge, I could work this ridge, I could work this ridge. Then when things get hard, you have this ability to go back and be like, okay, I had this plan too, I had this plan too, because when you get frustrated, you give up on these plans, and like that's I think this the difference between someone who has. A bunch of confidence, but also the ability just to to make shit up as they go and figure it out is like, I'll go into a hunt with a bunch of hunt plans and I might end up scrapping all of them. But because I've been through that mental exercise, I can redo it with a new amount of knowledge. This happens all the time. Like say Colorado, I thought I had every contingency plan figured out. We burned through all of those in about half the hunt. It was like, okay, back to the drawing board. But it's easier to go back to the drawing board. Once you have a whole bunch of data, you're like, okay, here's what I'm seeing, Here's the where the pressure is. Here's where the deer are. Here's the type of terrain. Here's the elevation. Let's remake all these plans. But I've been through that process once, so it's easier to do the second time. Versus me saying like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go down and uh, I'm gonna hunt this area," and uh, you know, that's setting yourself up for for giving up. Well, I
1: think that 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 right there is a great way for that end goal of being a better hunter. Is like if you mm-hmm. can just like commit to making a plan <laughs> like even just like not and, and i guess it would be just to not hunt the exact same way you did last year unless you had the yeah. best year of your life and it was the the greatest thing like <laughs> then do that again <laughs> you know then then just just say okay what could I, what should I have done better and how can I execute that? So, and I think you laid out a great, I, I, I I see that guy like that, that you just said, like in the white belt (laughs) world all the time. And it's like, like, Oh yeah, we're going to go. And we're, you know, we are thinking about this or that, and it's so blase. And then you end up, you know, it gets easy to, you know, take a morning off and then, you know, they run to the tavern and then, Oh, yep. I <laughs> didn't really want to hunt this. Now I'm just down here. It's just a vacation for me. It's not a hunt. And and right. that's your, if that's your thing, that's fine. But don't be disappointed by your outcome. Right.
2: Right. Right. Right.
1: So for sure, man, Cody, I've really appreciated like this time in this conversation, uh, so where can people follow along with all of the many things that uh, that you're doing? And I got to say, I, did, I just got to give a, a, a shout out to uh, our one Patreon, Stan, who's like, yeah, I know that Cody Rich guy. Every single podcast that's interesting that I want to listen to is a teaser. And then he's like, it's fine, <laughs> but at least just tell me that ahead of time so that... <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah um man i don't know we have we have a patreon um we do a bunch of really really good elk and mule deer content um we produce probably as much or more than anybody as far as elk content uh elk and mule deer content so western hunting type stuff uh on our patreon only podcast uh so you can check that out probably under the rich outdoors on patreon uh other than that my regular podcast we talk a lot about entrepreneurship i know that's not everyone's cup of tea but um that's, you know, I've kind of moved my podcast doing more of that kind of stuff and not just hunting. Uh, so that's the rich outdoors. Um, and then check out my newest project, which is, uh, the rich ideas lab, um, which you're a part of, I, I like, what's your feedback? Is it good?
1: So I really like it. So it goes back to that, like your, um uh, you know, the average of the five people that you spend the most time around or whatever. And like, right. you can't always have people that are in the same mindset that are in the same, um, like thought process so that it's around you. And like, you know, for, for you, maybe it's a little bit different, like when you started your podcast or like whatever, but I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I don't know, five years ago or whatever, like we had a conversation about like building a podcast and, and, uh, you know, doing Patreon and, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, because everybody that was around me is like, you're not a good hunter. Like you're, what do you have to offer? Like, this is stupid, you know? And, and, and and it's like for everybody that is going to tell you like that you can't do something, you're just hearing their fears and their things. So like to, to find people who either have the life that you want that um, have gone through the same things that you've gone through and you know, that you can bounce ideas off of and get, feedback and it doesn't need to be it's it's almost better if they don't know anything about your situation so they can be completely objective and they don't have a problem saying like that doesn't make any sense or like well that's a great idea or or whatever yeah. um and it's also from my perspective like very validating because like um the the mindful hunter one that you just had on you know he was talking about um some things and i was just following along i listened to it after the fact but I'm like, I'm already doing some of that stuff. So, and it's like things that he wants to implement. So, like, I reached out to him and I'm like, hey, man, like, I'm already doing some of that stuff. Maybe I can help you out and, like, showing, like, yeah. what's worked for me and what, what hasn't worked, you know. And, and in a, a small town in Michigan or, or wherever, like, you may not have people that think on the same scale as you do. So, it's it's great to, you know, just be able to, like even just take in and digest and kind of chew on some of these ideas and say, you know, would this work for me? Would this not, have I thought about this? Have I not, you know?
2: Yeah. And I mean, that's like, for those who don't know I me, mean, I, I'm just a dumb redneck farmer from Oregon. And like who started playing on the internet. Cause I want to go hunting more. Um, and I've met a lot of really cool people. And I think one of the things, you know, I've learned, um, is that you, you got to keep surrounding yourself with people who are doing cool shit. And like, you'll, you'll just rise to that. It's not necessarily keeping up with the Joneses, it's just rising to meet the, you know, the, your surroundings. And I keep upping my surroundings. And a lot of me building the lab was that I was like, I wanted to bring that to rural America. You know, it's kind of become a little bit hunting based, but at the end of the day, I see it as being much bigger than that. And it's like, just if you're from rural America and like, you're not, you don't surrounded by this uh, type of stuff. Like here's a place you can come and like have all the resources, but mainly the community to, to surround yourself with people who are doing cool shit and you're going to rise to doing cool shit too. Um, and that's kind of what I want out of it. And for all those people to be successful and like just to have a new level because I, yeah, I'm, from a very, very small town. And like, there's, you know, I was the odd duck, right? Like I didn't have, there was nobody I could bounce ideas off because when you're a small town, ironically, people like to keep you down, you know, like they, they're just like, ah, oh, you know, that's dumb. Or why would you do that? You know, it's like, just, you know, what, just go work at the mill or keep working on the farm. Like it's, you know, like there's nothing wrong per se. Um, but like, you know, I've always wanted to surround myself with people doing cool stuff. Um, and you know, somehow along the way, like people started following me to like, look up to me. And I'm like, I'm just trying to figure it all out. You know, <laughs> So I don't like consider myself an expert. And I, you know, that's probably what I've told you is like, Hey, listen, if this is where you want to go, like, go, don't worry about whether you're an expert. Like I'm not an expert by any stretch of that imagination, but you know, I'm one step ahead of somebody else. And so, you know, maybe I can help that one person. And, you know, if people want to shit on me for, you know, not being whatever, like, that's fine. I'm just like on a journey, like, Cool. Cool, bro. Um, you know, so like, it's just, everyone has their own journey and everyone's on a different step. Like I'm not the greatest self-counter in the world by a long stretch, but like, I'm probably one or two steps ahead of other people and I could probably help them. And the irony is that people at the very top don't help anyone. So I might as well.
1: (laughs) Right. And like I said, that's why I thought this was uh, a great topic, but like, I wanted to have the conversation with you because from that, like helping mindset and like building people up and like, Pointing people in the right direction is, you know, there's a lot of people that just say, "Well, just do it the way that I do, and you'll be successful." And like everybody's on a different different journey, and like you got to get inside of your own head, and you know, it it takes, you know, it, it takes hearing it from a couple of different perspectives to be able to to say, "Oh, yeah, I can relate to that," or "I can relate to this," or like something, you know, to light a fire in somebody. You know, it, it takes hearing it from a different perspective. So, <laughs> right, know, we got the right, East right. and West, and it's much, much different here. So, I, I appreciate it.
2: I mean, it. I feel like maybe. I feel like it, there's a lot of similarities. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but, yeah, man, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, yeah. thanks for taking the time.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me on.